You are listening to Open Little Doors, episode 63, Play and Parenting. Welcome to Open Little Doors, where we share ideas on using play, storytelling, and imagination to help you motivate, guide, and connect with your child. I am Julie Janice, one of the founders of Open Little Doors, and your host for our podcast today. Hey everyone, we hope you all are doing well, and I can't believe we are already in August. This year has gone by so fast. Um, Don't forget our Play Together program is also live, so if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to the link in our show notes and we'll have a link there for you to sign up. Anyway, today we thought we would talk a bit about what we're all about here at Open Little Doors, and that is play. Um, We all generally know what play means, but there are some things about play that a lot of people don't know about, like the benefits of play and how it can be applied into parenting. So that's what we're going to talk about. So at Open Little Doors, one of our key objectives is to help you use playful parenting strategies as effective parenting tools. What do we mean when we say play? I think something that's really interesting about the word play is that it can mean so many different things in so many different settings. Like when you go to a show, you know, we're going to a play. Um, it can be a sports strategy or a segment of a game. You know, that was a great football play. Um, you also play an instrument. So um, there's just, there's a lot of nuances to the word play. Peter Gray, who is an American um, psychology researcher and scholar, he's known for his work on the interaction between education and play. He says that play has um, five criteria, at least play in the way that we define it as far as like children playing. First, play is self-chosen and it's self-directed. It's something the child decides that they want to do. Um, It could be something that a parent says, hey, do you want to do this? But the child chooses. And they also can choose to stop at any time they want. Um, Play is intrinsically motivated. It's something that's rewarding in and of itself. It's kind of like um, if you're trying to do a puzzle, you know, the puzzle's sitting out on the table and you walk over and you decide you want to put a piece in. It's, you know, the end goal is not so much the puzzle because when the puzzle's done, you're just going to break it up and put it back in the box. And so you're not doing the puzzle to get it done. It's kind of, I mean, you want to accomplish putting the pieces in. It's the satisfaction of finding that one piece um, and where it goes. And, you know, I've watched with um, children often when they play with Legos, they love building and setting it up. But once it's done, you know, it just kind of sits on their shelf. It's not so much something that they play with. It's the process of creating. Play is guided by mental rules, but it leaves room for creativity. Um, For example, a child may be playing ninja warriors and they mimic all the ninja moves, but one of the unspoken rules or rule that they define is that they don't really touch each other. And so that's something, a rule that they've set up. I was watching uh, my grandchildren as they were outside in nature and they were pretending um, to cook and they were setting up all these rules. Okay, this this log is the couch. This log is the cushion, is the kitchen. The, um, these leaves are going to be for the salad. And so they're defining all the rules. And they can change the rules, but they do set up rules. And then play is imaginative. It doesn't have any real life consequences. Um, as the children were setting up their little nature kitchen in their nature house. Um, There was no couch. 
there was no salad leaves. Although sometimes, you know, they can go and get real food and introduce some real things in, but it, it's imaginative. And then the next thing is that play is, they're alert, they're actively involved, but it's not overly stressful. Now, this doesn't mean that, um, that they don't hit frustration points because play isn't just sheer joy or fun. It's, it presents mental and physical challenges, but not so much so that the child just gets utterly frustrated. And if they do hit a point in their play, like, you know, sometimes they'll be building with a Lego set or something and they hit a frustration point, they stop. And then, you know, usually they'll want to go back to it, but they'll get adult help to work over, over their frustration. I think one thing that's interesting to note on this too, this last criteria, is that as an adult, if you're playing with children, you need to make sure you're in that same state of mind. I know there's been lots of times where I've sat down to play with my children and I'm maybe not as, as, a, as alert and engaged as I might be and the kids pick right up on that. So uh, it's just something to keep in mind as you're playing with children that you need to join them in that state also and, and be willing to sit with them through those times when they're, they're challenged and not jump in and fix it until they ask for your help or to maybe give them wait to do anything until they want it to still keep it child directed and keep it at their in their control yeah. you know as i was preparing for this podcast i ran across um the work by by a hungarian american psychologist named mihai check send mihai now that name is incredible i i uh, actually got on youtube and listen to some people saying the name, but he talked about creating a state of flow, which I would say is a true state of play. And this is when the mind is so engaged in the activities and the ideas, the rules, the actions of what's going around, going on that, you know, you kind of just lose track of time. And studies show that this is the best time for creativity and the best time for learning new skills. And I think you've probably all had experiences with your children when they're so engaged in some sort of play that you call them and they literally don't hear you. And so you, you have to go, you know, get on their level and, and stop their play. And I, I hate having to do that. Sometimes as a parent, it's necessary. But this is what we're talking about, trying to find with our children. And as we do this guided play to introduce all of these um, five elements. But as Meryl pointed out, it has to be it has to be led by them so we can enter this state of flow. And when we refer to this work by Mihai check send me hi we'll just call him MC because that's easier to say than his name but I think as adults you know sometimes we have lost this sense of play and I realize that in our lives we can't put all five of these play elements into every moment and into everything that we do but the more of these elements we can enter into the more we can trigger that creativity and that that sense of accomplishment without um, just the drive. Because when we're doing something just for the end result, we miss out on the process. And the end result is, you know, so fleeting. For example, you know, the puzzle, if you get a puzzle and then you frame it and you put it up on the wall, it's it's great. But I just remember my, my daughter put out a puzzle and... Uh, it was kind of fun because for a week we'd all stop and we'd spend a few minutes here and there just putting on a piece of the puzzle. And there was a lot of pleasure in just that 
process. And so when we, we talk about play, we're talking about trying to add that pleasure in the process and not that it's always easy, but it's something that, that we do that does engage our creativity and brings us that sense of satisfaction and, and accomplishment in the inherent task that we're doing. That's one reason that for my family, the 10 minutes of fun has been so helpful. And um, we have a Facebook group of that. We'd love to have more, more people on it and sharing ideas of how they're making this play work in their family. And these, these five um, aspects of play are really helpful to, to think about how you're interacting with your child. But at the end of the day, it's just spending time focused on them. And that that's not going to look the same in every family, but you can shape it to work for you. And one thing that's nice about it is, like Mindy said, we can't play all day. And it's it's impossible to have perfect interactions in any of our relationships all day long. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends and she said one thing that she really liked about the 10 minutes of fun compared with some other, you know, parenting skills that we're all trying to work on is that she can't stay perfectly patient with her child all day long. And when she gets impatient, then she feels like, okay, I just failed. I didn't do it right. Now we've had a negative interaction. I have to have 10 positive interactions, make up for this one negative one. But with 10 minutes of fun, she can do that and be successful. She can spend 10 minutes just focused on her child. So um, as you listen to this, we'd like to give you kind of a takeaway to try it. And, and try, and it doesn't even have to be an exact 10 minutes, but try to make a small portion of your day when you just focus on enjoying being with your child and doing something they want to do. With, with one of my children right now, he's really into sorting his Legos, which may not sound like play, but to him, it's all of those criteria. And he very much gets into a state of flow as he is organizing by colors and shapes and it's so fun to just listen to him chatter and think through just the way he wants this as he's doing it. For someone else, it might be just sitting down and even scratching your child's back as while they tell you about your day, it, their day. It can be, it can look different for each child, but we, we'd like you to give it a two-week try, put in the effort and see if after those two weeks, if you feel that it makes a difference for you and, and for your family. And if it does, we'd love to have you either email us at playitopenlittledoors.com and share that with us or get on our Facebook group and you can just look up 10 Minutes of Fun and you should be able to find it and, and share your experiences. Well, I love this conversation and I, I love that um, we got to address play again and just the importance of it. And I love all the points that were shared and especially about the imagination and the just being alert and active and the flow um it's just play has just so many benefits for children and that's they are increasing their um mental capacity and um there's lots of emotional social development that happens through play and oftentimes we just see play as oh they're just having fun but there's just so much more that's going on in their brains as they're playing that will have lasting impact on them as they grow older um, and I want to end with this quote by MC that I think really relates to everything we just talked about. And it's, 
The best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. And I think that's so true. All right. Well, if you have any uh, questions or sp parenting, specific parenting challenges you would like help with, you can email us at play at openlittledoors.com. We would love to help you. And uh, if you like this episode and other episodes here on the podcast, please leave a review and share with your friends. This is how we grow our podcast. And we appreciate all those who have shared this podcast. Uh, we hope you all have a great week. Take care. Play, storytelling, and imagination are very powerful parenting and child development tools. And if you want to know more ideas on how you can incorporate these tools, you can visit our website at www.openlittledoors.com and sign up for our Wednesday Wisdom emails and also check out our Play Together program. We can't wait to hear from you. Come play with us.